Hey everyone, welcome to She Brigade the Podcast. I'm your host, Bilun Klimsimech. On each episode, we bring you amazing trailblazing women to come share with you their life and career journeys, from entrepreneurs to nine to fivers and everyone in between. Our guests go through all of the highs and all the lows of this life journey that have brought them to being who they are today. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of She Brigade. I am so excited today um, because we have someone that I really have been looking up to for a while and didn't get to hear her talk at one of the events that I actually wanted to attend, but I couldn't. Um, so I'm so glad that she's on this platform now. Um, her name is Komoto Misiane and she is the brand manager of at Estee Lauder Companies. Komoto, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, William. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. Can I tell you something silly that actually excited me about you as well? <laughs> yeah. It's, and, and I felt so flattered when you, you said you love my name because it's your name. Um, your name is very Twana. And, yes, yes. And, and it excited me because my name is very Twana and I don't come across a lot of people that are like very Twana. So I'm excited to hear about like just where you come from because I was just like, ah, another very Twana girl. I'm excited. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're actually going to be surprised when you hear my story about my name. But anyway. <laughs> ah, okay. Then we need to get into it now. Okay, let's just dive right in. So on the podcast, we always start all the way back from the beginning. So please take us back. Take us all the way back. Who was Komoto growing up as a young child, your upbringing and your schooling? Yeah, so... Um, my name is Homoto. I've got another name that I prefer not to use. <laughs> um, but Homoto Musiani was born Homoto Pagamile, which is which is actually weird. So my father is Tosa. Okay. Uh, and my mother is Dona. Uh, and I was born in Dobsonville, a, a a very famous township lately for, for not so great reasons. But back way back in the days, it was it was a privilege to not be from Soweto, but to be from Dobsonville. But now the whole thing is merged, you know. Yeah. Which, which is a problem for us Dobsonvilleers because we always <laughs> used to think that we were a little bit more special. Um, so I was I was born in Dobsonville um, in 1984 um, on the 29th of March. I was born on a Thursday, which was Sheila's Day, in actual fact. So I was born um, at home in my grandmother's. Um, bedroom um who was not a midwife but was a midwife just by being an old one a woman um and i was given the name Komoto because uh, a few months before my birth my mother lost her eldest brother so i was um came into the world as comfort um to comfort the family um and and, I, and my mother constantly tells me the story every single year. She writes it on WhatsApp. She sends me a voice note and she tells me about Sheila's day and how it was a Thursday and how I came back from Komora Belong. And after that, um, you know, she was in labor and I was born and I was, I was, I was there to bring comfort to the family. Um, so, so, so my name is, uh, my name is, 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 is very significant for a time in our family. Um, it's also significant for an uncle I've never met. Um, and I was raised in Dobsonville. Um, I went to a primary school that was close to my grandmother's house because I lived, I, I, I've never really lived with my parents for a long time at a time. I'd always been the wandering child who would go and stay with the aunt or who would stay with, cause, because I was, I was so well loved and, and, mm-hmm. and I had a, yeah, I had a I had a childhood of so much love. You know, my 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 youngest aunt, who I apparently look like. We don't agree on this, but apparently <laughs> um, I lived with her for a while, and then I went to live with my uncle, who 
who was probably my biggest hero. He passed away um, about 15 years ago. Uh, yeah, so I was raised in Dobsonville. I went to a Bantu school, primary school. Um, and then in standard six, my mother sacrificed probably every penny that she had to put me through a Model C school. And that was um, in 1996 or seven, I don't know, where I went to Westridge High School in the West Rand. Um, and I matriculated. Um, it was the first time that I, in, in standard six, had sat next to a white girl. Very, oh. very, very weird. Yeah, very, very weird set of circumstances. Um, my name is very difficult to pronounce. Um, I refuse to be called by my slave name. So, and I feel like that's the, that's the first time where I sort of took claim my space in the world, mm. where you will, I don't care how you put the K and the G, it's going to come out. You will say my name. <laughs> um, and if you say it in Japanese, <laughs> it's not Japanese. So if you say, ah, it sounds Japanese, it's not Japanese. It's, it's like the K and the G mm. produces a <laughs> <laughs> so, so I insist on <laughs> um, and it and 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 for that I, I feel like there was a certain militancy, you know, yeah. um about me because every time I introduced myself, I refused to be small. Um I've always been a leader. I I I I grew up in the church and I was very active in the church. Uh I was the first black, I was the first female president for the youth, you know, mm. um, and, and I was, I was, Honalongkono used to call me Sainyo Vayamudim. Because I, in as much as I was very religious, I was also um, very stubborn and set in my ways and, you know. Um, yeah, so I matriculated and the funny thing and the most interesting thing about me is that I actually got married at 19. <gasps> okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, so I, I, I met this young man from Zrast, um, uh, um, and we met, he, he invited me to church and we met on the streets and the rest of, of it is history, really. We've oh, been married wow. for 16 years. Yeah, we've been married for 16 years and we've got three kids, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's not something that's out there in the public, not that I'm a part of it, but it's just, you know, yeah. I, I feel like I'm, I'm anchored in family. I'm very, very much anchored in family. Um, yeah, so matriculated, went to Vets Tech, um, tried to do a diploma in IT because at the time the whole IT is a thing. You know, that's, you must be in IT. That's what you must do. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I hated it. I hated it. Um, I was supposed to do my third year in, in, in service training and I was like, I can't do that. I told my sister, I said, I can't do this. Um, and my sister had been paying for my schooling um, until then. Um, and then I went to work and I started working as a receptionist um, at an IT consultancy. You know, it was, I think it was a, a place that sold projectors. There was a guy who was selling projectors and because I was so quote unquote well-spoken, he was like, ah, come in and work as a receptionist. So you can imagine newly married, um, working as a receptionist um, with this guy. And I mean, part, part of the joke is that we were both so young mm. um, and we were just building our lives together, unaware of what we were doing, to be honest. Um, uh, a few years later, uh, I started working at an IT consultancy and my big break in marketing actually came from there. So I didn't study marketing. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm like waiting no, for the thing. I'm like, what? No. It's not, it, it, well, it, I've got, uh, I've subsequently studied quite a bit after that, but yeah, yeah I did, but I didn't study, I, I didn't study marketing. So I, I, 
I started working as a receptionist again. And one day, her name is Julia Dawson, shout out to Julia Dawson. <laughs> one day I, I, um, I said to some of these paintings, because it, it was an IT consultancy, but we, one, of a, one of the our corporate identities was that we painted, which was weird. We did a okay. lot of painting. And, and I said to her, some of, some of these paintings are really skew and they're really bothering me. And, you know, in life, you always get those people that just give you a chance. Sometimes it's just the universe conspiring to give you a chance because when, if, when I tell you it makes no sense and she was like, oh, you've got a great eye for design. For design, because the paintings are skewed. But I guess it's just life, you know, yeah. giving you a chance. And she's oh, like, wow. you should come and work for me in the marketing department. She was a marketing manager. And then she, and then I started working in marketing as her marketing assistant. Um, and let me see, another two years worked as a marketing assistant and I had my first baby. I had my first baby at 22, Clodifenza is now 14. And I went on maternity leave, I came back and it was just too far for me to travel, you know? Mm. And while I was on maternity leave, I had interviewed at a very, very, very small little um, recruitment company that was hiring for a marketing assistant because now you know a little bit of marketing experience i can say a few words i can write a few things yeah just give it a chance let's see julia's taught me julia's taught me a few things she was a road graduate in marketing so she did she taught me quite a bit um and i I was i was i was doing uh, uh um graduate recruitment and i was making pretty things and putting cups together for the grads and you know so so i felt like i had a little bit a little bit more marketing experience and i can play around with it um then i got a job that was closer to home which is where my love for cosmetics started so i worked as a marketing assistant at a contract manufacturer i don't know if you know what a contract manufacturer is, but um, most small companies that produce beauty products or even bath and body products don't have their own factories. So they contact contract manufacturers to produce for them. Okay. So you, you go to the contact manufacturer and you say, I'm looking to produce a skincare range. And then we ask you a few questions and we make you pay a deposit and we tell you, you must make 5,000 of these in order for this thing to work from an economy of scale perspective mm -hmm. and, and, and. So I worked as a marketing assistant there and I was responsible for a very, a few very interesting brands. So I worked with Glow Mail on Skin Free. I don't know if you actually remember Skin Free. No, um, <laughs> no, no. Um, I worked with Glow Mail. I worked with Diskim to produce some of their um, bath and body ranges. Oh. And the other magic, which, and you'll hear about the magic, this magic later, is I worked um, with Edgar's and Edgar's had a bath and body range called Private Collection. Oh. This is part of the golden thread in the story. You'll hear about Edgar's a little bit okay. later. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, so I worked with Edgar's and we, we, we developed a few skincare ranges for them. And I mean, part of my, a big, Big fun part of my job was actually the write-up on some of the stuff that you put on your skin that says this luxurious yeah. um, cream has got extra. Ed I sat at my desk and did that stuff. Okay. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. And I would source ingredients, put the stuff through stability testing. And then sometimes you'd get um, uh, entrepreneurs that come to you and want to produce a skincare range, mm. entrepreneurs that come to you and want to produce a bath and body range. Sometimes it's big companies, sometimes it's small companies. You know, you, you, we, we worked with, with basically everyone. 
Um, and then I was approached by a um, client of ours who had actually produced this is this is a long story, but you have to hear it out. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, he produ- he used to make um, hair care products. So they made hair care products um, that they were hoping to sell in a network marketing slash Avon kind of way, right? Mm. So they came to us. We made the hair care products for them, easiest things to make, shampoos, conditioners, relaxants, and, and, and. And they um, approached me to be their brand manager for this very, very, very small product. The plot twist with this was that they had, they were working with the services CETA to train young women on selling skills and they were using the product to be the thing that the women sell, right? Mm. So I got the opportunity to work with 250 young girls from all around Johannesburg, some of whom are still very near and dear to me, and an NQF level four qualification in customer services and selling while they were selling the product. So I ran this huge, huge program for mm. the services CETA. I did that for two programs. Um, some of it has produced some really, really amazing women. Some I meet in the street, some I don't even know. Some I remember, some will come back to me and say, do you remember when you ran the, the program? I was one of them. Um, wow. and, and that's where I realized that, you know what, your, your life can actually make a difference. Yeah. So I ran two of these, 500 women qualified. Some had a matric, some didn't have, you know? Um, and then, I, 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 I felt like my career was starting to look like uh, a services data program. And I was like, I can't do this any longer. And I felt like I've, I, had done, I had done my bit. At the time, I had also had my second child. Um, then I, I, I applied for a position with Maurice Kerrigan, which is a training company um, in Randburg. And I worked for three months um, as a brand assistant or brand assistant brand manager I hated services marketing I hated it (laughs) I wanted to go back yeah I wanted to go back to the to the magic of a product because Mm. that's just that's just what I knew you know I started in services marketing but but it was just for me not something that I would have liked to do meanwhile I was doing my undergrad so a mother doing your undergrad um working with big programs and doing big things with 250 women at a time. And I, I just learned the art and the, the skill of, of multitasking. I worked there for three months. I, was, I remember I, I was called in by um, the managing director at the time who told me that she would like, they would like us really done well on the probation and they would like to extend my probation. And I said, no, thanks. And I think that was the first time ever that somebody had said to her, no, thanks to extending the probation. Mm. I was like, no, um, no, my probation is over. I'm done with the company. Thank you very much. Um, a few weeks before that, I had seen an ad on the Sunday Times, big ad that said, Estee Lauder Companies is hiring. And I promise you, Bilu, that was the first time I felt like, oh my gosh, I've got a chance at this, right? Mm-hmm. So I applied on the website. And as you know, I don't know if you know, but Telio kicks you out if you don't have the minimum requirements so it'll say do you have this do you have that do you have that and then oh yes i've the, seen that so it so it's it's for recruiters and it works really well as a selection tool right i think Taylor kicked me out because i had said i don't have luxury experience 
So, I, yeah. Three days later, I saw on PNET an advert that said a cosmetic company in Midrand is hiring. And I knew, I knew it. I'm like, this, this is still Estee Lauder. <laughs> I, I applied and I met an angel of a, of a person who I've never met the guy because we did all of this over the phone in a week. And he was like, you're the girl for the job. I'm like, yeah, but the thing kicked me out. He's like, no, you're the girl for the job. I'm sending you a CV. I sent my CV. A day later, I was called in for an interview. The lady that interviewed me was the buyer from Edgar's who bought the private collection that we used to make Oh, at the contract manufacturing yes. company. So she worked with the contract manufacturing company, never having worked with me. But that golden thread, mm. I'm telling you now, is what got me into the job. Because we started talking, we started talking about that before we even went into the interview. So before we could talk about my skill set, what I've done, blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, you've worked there. Do you know so-and-so? Oh, I know so-and-so. I mean, this is just by chance. Mm. So we had this long conversation about her days and Edgar's and you know, why the ranges didn't do well and so forth and so forth. And then at the end, she asked me a few questions about myself and she said, you don't have luxury experience. What are you going to do about it? I said, you, you are going to give me luxury experience. Mm. And then she asked me to come and meet her boss. And I met her boss and we had the most amazing conversation. These are all white women, by the way, who have become amazing allies and friends. Um, we had an amazing conversation. Her name is Kerry Evans. She's still my mentor to this day. We had an amazing conversation. We spoke about everything from music to jazz to Nelson Mandela to, it was just, it was crazy. At the end of the interview, she asked me what my favorite scent is. And she sprayed me with this type of fragrance. And she was like, oh my gosh, I hope we meet again. Right. Yeah. And then she phoned me and she was like, you're such a change maker. I think you need to come and work for us, but in education. So education is teaching um, all of our beauty advisors that you see in, in the stores. Yes. So we've got a curriculum for them to oh. teach them on product knowledge, selling skills, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, I said, I can't. My purpose won't allow me. I want to be in marketing. She said, I need to think about it. She called me back the next day and she said, you've got the job as a product marketing manager for Estee Lauder. You, you don't understand. I mean, this was... Yeah probably the biggest break that I had needed ever. So I joined Estee Lauder Company in 2011 as a product marketing manager on the Estee Lauder and Tom Ford brands. So I was product marketing manager for Estee Lauder Makeup, which is like a category manager. And I was product marketing manager for Tom Ford at the time it was just fragrances. Um, and it was a magical, it's been a magical, magical career. So one of my biggest highlights was when I walked into the brand and um, we always laugh about this. We only had one dark shade. We used to call it a universal shade because all of us used to wear this one <laughs> shade. One foundation shade, everybody had the same. Um, and I worked with New York to develop um, the dark shades for the Estee Lauder brand. Oh my goodness. That brand, yeah. So... We worked with New York on Double Wear. Um, if you don't know Double Wear, then you must know Double Wear. It's, I know of sorry. Double Wear. I do not have Double Wear. I want Double Wear. <laughs> I want to uh, buy it. I don't have it yet, but listen, on wear. my, you, I want yeah, so it. You, you need Double Wear. Yes. You need, you need. 
I feel like all of us know it because even like with all the, the the you know the YouTubers, like it's that. Everybody talks about that voice. So yes. yeah, so you're talking to the girl that worked with New York to oh, develop the dark chain. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that that for me is a is a is one of my biggest career highlights, right? So I I walked into the brand. Renal said to me, um, "It's time for local relevance, and it's time for 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 the brand to to be relevant to the black consumer." And I think that that's where the magic was with with Estee Lauder, the brand. Um, is that we switched on right on time. So there was that, there was a Unilever study um, called 4 million rising. I don't know if you were exposed to it. How old are you? Four? I am I'm, I'm, I'm... 26. Okay, so you probably might have not been exposed to it. It was talking about a, 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 a <laughs> it was talking about a, a rise of a black consumer um, that's middle class and they were saying that there's going to be this 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 rise is coming very fast and it's going to be four million of them. So mm-hmm. men and women, we decided that our chunk of the pie is going to be a million of these women, and we need to gear ourselves up as a brand to be able to speak to their needs. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, as a company, we don't have the shades. Um, we worked tirelessly with New York. New York actually came to South Africa to do what we called color capture, which was to basically test the melanin levels in all our skins, well, most women's skins, Mm. um, because our undertones are very different from our African-American sisters and brothers. Um, I think because of the way the African sun hits, I guess. Mm. Uh, We did a road show where we tested over a thousand women um, and the results went back to New York and then they came back with the dark shades. Um, so that was my first big, 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 big project. Um, my second big project, which is actually something I'm very proud of, was um, when we were done with this, I had, a, I had an amazing, amazing GM um, who was uh, basically the managing director of the affiliate. Her name is Sue Fox. She's now the vice president um, general manager for the UK region. Um, a white woman born in Jamaica um, and has got um, roots in the UK. Um, she said to me, you are going to New York to go and present the needs of South Africa from a communications point of view to the leadership team of all the brands. So I was shipped off to New York um, to what was called an emerging market council. And in the room was all of the vice presidents of mm. all the brands. Mac, Clinic, you know that we've got a, it's, it's a house of brands, right? Yes. Um, it's a, we call ourselves the Global Prestige uh, House of Beauty. Um, and I presented the, the needs of the African consumer to these really, 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 really big people. Um, it was a magical time. I, I have to be honest with you. I felt like, you know, when you feel like you're going to the Olympics and, yes. and you've aimed and, and everything in your life has prepared you for this. So, so I went to New York. We did that. Um, and then... And then I, I think that's when I, I felt like I'm home. You know, when, you, when you, you do so much and it's appreciated and, and you push hard and you work hard and you see the results and, and there you are looking at a shade that's sitting in, in Edgar's and you're like, mm. gosh, I was a very, very, very big part of this. Mm. So yeah, um, then after that, I... Um, I worked, I was, I was promoted after two or three years into a trade marketing position, which was really 
um, at the time, a, 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 the driver of the advertising budget for the Estee Lauder brand store. Uh, and then eight months later, my boss, who I still happen to work for, um, asked me to come and join him to build the brands in the rest of Africa, uh, which is where I spent five years working for Estee Lauder Company mm. in Sub-Saharan Africa as a marketing manager. My job was um, to build the brands in the regions. This is, this is the last frontier for the company. We, we are in every country we mm. are supposed to be in right now. So I opened up the brands um, in stores in Nigeria, in Kenya, in um, Ghana, um, and, and the rest of, and, and a few other African markets uh, for Estee Lauder, Clinique, um, Aramis and Designer fragrances and a few other brands. Then I took over the reins from another colleague to uh, work specifically on the MAC brand in Sub-Sahara. Um, most fun two years of my life. That was the MAC brand brought out, the MAC brand brought out all the piercings. The MAC brand <laughs> brought out. It did, it did. You know, there's something about that brand that makes you want to be yourself. Yeah. Like MAC says, come out. Mac just says, come out, don't yeah. just come out, it's okay. And I, I, I opened up um, a few other markets uh, working with, the, with, with an amazing team in Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, we opened up a few other stores um, in Nigeria. Uh, we did, um, just before I was about to leave, we had just done Tanzania. Uh, a few other second tier uh, cities in Kenya, um, we, we played around with a few uh, uh, store concepts as well as, you know, do we open with a full store? Are we going to do a temporary store? Mm -hmm. Should is it a store within the store? So there was a, there was a lot of work that we did on, on the Mac brand and that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, I worked and then I also got the experience of working with people that are not South African and not based in South Africa. Very, very, very different experience. Mm -hmm. You know, when you work in corporate South Africa, you sort of kind of work in corporate South Africa. Even if you're working with non-South African in corporate South Africa, it's still in South Africa. Yeah. But working with Nigerians in Nigeria, working with Kenyans in Kenya, you learn so much more about people and then you realize that we are actually just all human beings, mm. right? Just trying to make the best of our lives, trying to do everything that we can to, to be the best that we can be. And I've learned so much, so, so much from from um, working with a team in Kenya and a team in Nigeria. Um, they are, they, some of them are still some, some very, very good friends to this day. Mm. Um, so I did that for a bit. And then my boss who called me to go to work with him in Africa moved to take over the reins to be the MD of the South African affiliate. And um, he called me back and said, it's time to come back to South Africa. And you're ready for the big league now um and i was promoted then to um brand manager for smashbox and glam glow um two very small brands uh i worked for the brands for a year really really enjoyed it um and then it was time then to move into a bigger brand you know and there is no bigger brand than the biggest skincare brand in the country and right now I'm working for the biggest skincare in the brand in the country and the brand manager for Clinique and as yeah. well as Smashbox. <laughs> so I was given an extra responsibility. I couldn't leave Smashbox. 
alone, um, which is what I currently do now, and and I really enjoy it. I I yeah. So that's a, that's a, that's on the career side. Oh my god! And then on the yes, what? <laughs> like what? It, it's a lot, and like every step that you've taken, everything that you've done, it feels so scary, right? Because yeah. a lot of it is so. It feels like it's uncharted. Like, where do you get that, that, that thing inside of you that, like, helps you go for it? Because obviously you would want to go for it, but that is, it's scary. Yeah, I, I, you know what? Number one is the support. I've always had people that believed, that unequivocally believed in me. And I think, I think that in and of itself is, is, is the main driver for me to go into the uncharted territory. Because I, I, I always felt like I was surrounded and supported mm. to be honest with you i mean i i my my the, my hiring manager once said to me if you've looked and it doesn't look like what it should be look again she's i mean and, and we talk about this all the time um i always say to her now i need to look again because it's, it's a lot or i need to look again you know so so i've always felt like look again has taken me to places that i never thought that i would go to. Mm. That's the first thing. The second thing is I've always had an innate belief Lilo, that I am great. <laughs> and I know that this sounds so weird, but I've always had an innate belief that there's something amazing about me. And every opportunity that I have been given, I've been able to sprinkle the amazing in me, in it. But I honestly believe that a big part of it has got to do with a great support system. Mm. I'm, I, I've, I've always had people around me that either cheered for me, believed in me, and even saw things in me that I, that I struggled at times to see. But also, here's the other thing. People can't make you do things right. So yes. the, the leap and the jump has to come from within. Um, yeah, so I, I, I still believe to this day that greater is he that is in me than the one that is in the world. Yeah. So yeah. You are so inspirational. Like <laughs> no. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just a shame that we stop our videos, but like I was like the, every time you you say like your next move, like you, you didn't like even when you, you, you started working for Estate Lauder to begin with, it's like you didn't have that experience. Like it's it's no. so scary, but everything you're saying makes so much sense. Yeah, that that's you, you yeah. The the truth of the matter is life gives us what we are ready for. And you, you might not believe at the time that you are ready for it, mm. but life gives, us, life gives us what we're ready for. You know, you, you, when, I, when I started working for, for Estee Lauder, my um, Kerry Evans, who was my boss's boss at the time, said to me, it's a big privilege, but it's an even bigger responsibility. Mm. And it's one that you have been trusted with. Um, and I've always believed this, that it's, it's a big privilege, but it's an even bigger responsibility. So, yeah. Big privilege, big responsibility given to a big girl. <laughs> mm, who can handle it all. I mean, clearly you can. Who can, who can, who can handle it all. But I've, I've always had people around me that believe in me. I don't want to lie. You know, I've, it's, it's, it, when, I, when I look back at my life, I realize that I've just been surrounded and supported family-wise. I mean, my sister has been a great inspiration. Um, my sister has, has seen me through the many phases of my life, and she's always just maintained that you are you are amazing and and even when you know i make mistakes or i'm not sure of myself i would mm. call and say i'm not sure of this and 
she always my sister always took my side <laughs> and i guess i guess you always have you need people in your life that will always take your side yeah you, you know? need your cheerleaders you need you need your cheerleaders yeah, yeah. sure okay so can you tell us a little bit about because you mentioned a, a few of your highlights um yeah can you tell us a bit about your some of the lowlights that you've been through on this journey yeah you know every experience is a lesson let me start there right mm. every experience is a lesson um there have been times where you you think gosh this is this is really not a great situation but i've always believed that everything everything teaches you a lesson i think one of the biggest one of the biggest low lights in 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 my life and and i don't want to i don't even want to call it a low light i i think and i'm i'm going to be very very transparent with you for this for the, for the purposes of this going out to the people that it's supposed to get to mm. um always not believing that i'm sufficient and not leaping for opportunities um has always has led me to let me let me rephrase it i think that i would be further than where i am now had i not doubted myself as much as i have in the past mm. i'll give you a, i'll give you an example i i regret not finishing my undergrad at the time that i was supposed to finish it because i feel like i probably would have been a lot more further than where i am and if i can give an advice to anyone is always finish what you start so mm. one of my my low lights was 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 the fact that i i didn't finish an undergrad at the at the right time right and i'd always judged myself for it and i've always i had always um I would even have dreams about it, which is weird because mm. you, you feel a sense of unfinishedness. Mm. Um, so that's the first, that's the first low light. I think the, the, the second, the, the second low light, I'm going to save for later. I'll save it for later. For no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, leave it for leave it leave it for later. It's a, it's a little bit of an emotional one. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, but we're gonna come back to it definitely. Yeah. Okay, so um, this is a this is a new question that I started asking on the podcast because um, I've found yeah. that it actually brings a very interesting response. Um, what's the yeah. worst career advice that you've received? The worst career advice I've ever received was to be quiet. You know, there are those people that say to you, ah, don't say anything, you know, mm. don't, don't say anything, don't stand out, don't complain, don't moan, just carry on. Mm. That's the worst career advice I've ever received. Because if you don't put your hand up, you don't get noticed. And I don't know what it is with young black professionals that feel like when you, obviously there's, there's, there's the notion that we, we are looked at as, angry people right yes. um, and it's, it's starting to come out more and more you know career-wise I've, I've, read, I've read a lot of people that say I've, some people that say yeah you know I, I look like a, I'm a young angry woman mm. but I think the worst career advice I've received is just be quiet and go with the flow never never ever go with the flow your career belongs to you um, and you need to speak up you need to put your hand up um, you need to say things, you need to be seen and do the things that make you to be seen. 
um, we feel overlooked, but it's because we just don't raise our voices. You know? and, and sometimes we expect to be seen even when we don't speak up. And unfortunately, life doesn't work that way. So say your piece. In, in, obviously, use the right channels, do yes. it in the right way, but say your piece. Yeah, because I, sometimes... That's, that's the worst career. Yeah, yeah, sometimes, like as a young person, you sit there and you are hoping that your work will speak for itself. Like, just put your head down and do the work and things will... Like, what needs to happen will happen. I think that's often what yeah. we assume. No, we, we assume that because, because we, were, we, we come from the generation of children are seen and not heard. So mm. when, because children are seen and not heard, even at work, I'll be seen and not heard. Mm. Worst career advice. Worst career advice. Um, children, are, children are seen and not heard. I'm raising children that are being heard right now because that didn't work for me. So, yes, you, your hard work will speak for itself, but you must yes. also open your mouth. Yes. Raise and your hand, work. like you were saying. Raise your hand. Raise yeah. your hand. Put yourself out um, there. Put yourself out there. Say, I want to be part of this. Can I be part of the project? Um, can I be included in this communication? The worst that they can say is no. But then you keeping quiet and hoping that somebody will say, hey, from the back there, oh, there's Philo, notice her. <laughs> she really has been working hard. No, it, that's just not how it works. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, okay. Um, are there any like mantras or quotes that you live by? Like you'll get to know I'm a, I love quotes. <laughs> they help me express myself in a way that I feel like I sometimes can't. So I always like to refer back to certain quotes or mantras yeah. that I hear. Um, I've learned over in now, right now, in the past year or so, that I use this all the time to myself, that your most calm self is your most productive self. Oh. That has helped me through so many different, whether it's family, whether it's, it's um, career, when you are at your most calm, which, it, and it takes effort to get there, mm-hmm. because that means you're not angry, you're not that rushing, is hard. you're not stressed, you're not, that is, that, that's, the, that's the part of you that needs to make the decisions. That's the part of you that needs to, to, to um, dis- decide, and you have to wait for that part of you. Don't, don't rush it, whatever it is. Your most calm self is your most productive self. Mm. Um, and, and that's come with age. That's come with age because um, I'm a fi- I was always a feisty little girl. Um, and and, and the, fi- the feistiness is still there, but I don't, I don't make decisions from a place of anything else but being calm. Um, that's that's the one that's the one mantra. My second mantra, which I actually shared when I was doing a talk, oh, I forgot to tell you about. So I did another talk with um with my a very good friend of mine, Bokang. And I was I was speaking about our our need to be in control, and I was saying if it falls, let it fall. We we are so stressed and worked up by um keeping things under control but sometimes it's just got to fall and it'll get back it'll 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 work out again um yeah those two and then obviously there's there's a few others which are really yeah just that last one you mentioned is a big lesson in um accepting things for what they are and just letting go for what they are and just yeah. letting go and and not even not even thinking about changing them 
you know, mm. because because we carry the weight of what it could have been. Mm, exactly. We do. We, we carry that weight constantly with us. But but when you let it go, you accept it for what it is and you don't even think about what it could have been. Mm. That's that's the hard part. That's the hard part. Okay, so actually we're we're at the the part of the podcast where we get to ask my favorite question. Where I ask my favorite yeah. question. Um, and I haven't forgotten about the low light that we need to go back to, but um, I, I, um, I have also forgotten about the low light. <laughs> Sorry, I also haven't forgotten about the low okay. light. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. That's good. Okay, so at this part of the podcast, I always ask all of my guests this quest, this one question, which is my favorite. Um, and the reason I ask it is because of my favorite quote, which is "Be who you needed when you were younger." I I love that quote so much because for me when we were all younger, there was someone we either wanted to hear from or some words that we needed to hear. And even though we might not have known it at the time, and I believe that if we needed that back then, there's someone today who might need to hear those words. So I always ask my guests this question. If you could go back and talk to younger Komoto, what would you say to her? I I would say to her, you're sufficient. Um, you know, there's a the, we live in a world of of that highlights our inadequacies so much. You don't have the right body. You don't have the right friends. You don't have the right circle. You don't have the right whatever. You know, mm. that this world is so good at highlighting our inadequacies that we we end up even worshiping them. Um, and that the, the fact that you are sufficient, um, is for me, one of the things that I needed to hear over and over again, because I wouldn't have tried hard to be someone that I'm not in order for me to, to fit in or to be somebody or to, you know, there's, there's always that, that instant, that the fact that you're not you're not sufficient you know you need i need more i need i need to look a certain way i need to do things i need to and if i were to speak to my younger self below i would say girl you are sufficient right as just as you are you're enough you don't need anything else yes yes there's always room for improvement but that's got that's got more to do with you than what you lack from others um and, and and we see it quite often, right? Especially in this Instagram culture, we see it so often. Where um, we always highlight in people what we don't have because we feel like we lack it. We always, you know, I I, I love that she's this. I love that she's that. And when you look, you realize it's it's what I'm missing. What I feel like I'm missing. Um, and if you take that away, you've got the ability to hone what you actually have instead of looking for what you don't or what others have. So, so you, the, the, the sufficiency part is, is, is for me key for every, for every, anyone who's listening to this is, mm. is that you're sufficient, you, you lack nothing. And that's why um, Psalm 23 makes so much sense to me because really I lack nothing. I lack nothing. I mean, I might need a few things. I might want a few things. I might want to add a few things. But the fact that I don't have that doesn't make 
me insufficient, right? So, you know, that's, that's what I would say to somebody who's younger. Because when you understand your sufficiency, you're not going to go looking for it. But what you are going to do is you're going to offer to the world what you have, which is what we need. We don't need you to, to be anything else. Anyway, yeah. Mm. I'm get into it. Oh, no, I love it. I absolutely, I love that one. I really love that one. Yeah. You are enough just as you are. Just as you are. There's, there's, there's no need to twakanya. There's no need to add. <laughs> there's no need to make yourself, you know. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care whether it's weight-related. I don't care whether it's whatever. Self-improvement is a great thing, but it can't come from a place of feeling insufficient. Yes. It can't. Self-improvement in and of itself is good. I am I'm, I'm for self-improvement. I'm constantly improving myself, but not from a place of insufficiency. Because insufficiency is what leads us to want to find things that will make us sufficient. And when you do that, you open yourself up to anything. And that's why so many girls are, are, are struggling with so many things, because it comes from a place of feeling like you're not sufficient. Mm -hmm. And where does that come from? From a place of looking at others and saying, they've got what I don't have. The minute you start thinking thoughts of she's got what I don't have or he's got what I don't have. You're coming from a place of insufficiency. And that's where, that's where, that's where your, your life's demons want you, you know, for you to feel that way. Because when you, when you feel insufficient, you're, you're rendered powerless. Mm. You're not enough. Okay, you're not enough. From which, from which place are you coming from? Because actually you're, you're not enough. And, and I've had so many talks with so many people where, you can hear that this person is, is coming from a place of feeling insufficient or inadequate. And once, once you feel inadequate, your search for adequacy is, can take you to places that you don't want to go to. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. Um, before we um, wrap up, um, can we talk about <laughs> the final yeah. low light? Yes. I think, yeah, so the, the final low light is life related. I feel like uh, I grew up in a home where it wasn't really a comparison, but I, 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 I feel like one of my life's low lights is that I didn't stand up enough for my sister, which is weird. Um, and it's, it comes from, it, it's, it segues into what we were talking about now. Mm -hmm. um, my father was very... Um, Shame, he's, he's got dementia now, so he doesn't remember half of the stuff that he did. But my father was, was his words were harsh. And, and I feel like I, as young as I was, I feel like I failed my sister to a certain degree. And, and she's going to listen to this and she's going to cry. But um, she was not the most loved sibling. And... I feel like I added towards it. You know, when you, when you are that child that does well and, and, and because you do well, not because school-wise, but because you're well-behaved. Yeah. You, you get, you, the, 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 you get congratulated a lot more and you get listened to a lot more. And my, I feel like my sister had the most misunderstood childhood and I didn't stand up for her mm. when we were younger. Um, that's probably one of one of my biggest life's lowlights. 
And yeah, we've we've made amends and we we're okay. But sometimes when our parents are raising us, um, and you you're raised in in, and I, I didn't grow up in abject poverty. I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. But we didn't have much. Mm. But to, I, I I just feel like my sister was misunderstood, and I didn't help in the misunderstanding. Yeah. And um, yeah, we we good now. But, and my, fa- my father was, was a very harsh man, you know? Um, and I'm saying was, because now he's just gentle soul mm. But he was a very, very harsh man. And, 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 and he wasn't the kindest. So I think she's, she's also dealt with it and, and forgiven him. But we also have to be honest with ourselves when our parents don't give us the kind of, of, of upbringing that, that can nurture us. You know, and 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 I felt it, but I think that there was definitely a, a lack from my parents on my sister's side. Mm. I guess, um, yeah, it's 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 great that you like you're saying you've made amends now. I think that's yeah, no, we good. There's a beauty in just being able to look back and yeah. acknowledge yeah. some mistakes that you may have made, and then learn from it and try to you know grow from it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Komoto. This has been amazing. Um, what, what, what more can we expect from you? Like, what more can we see from you? <laughs> for me? Yes. I, <laughs> no, I, I'm living my purpose. I'm, I'm, I'm working hard every day to be a better version of me. Uh, I'm, I'm working at, at coaching and mentoring. Um, you know, I've had some amazing, I've had, amazing people work for me and I've worked for amazing people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the next step in my career is, is I've, I've just finished my post-grad. So congrats. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think an MBA is on its way. Oh, uh, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's MBA time to be honest with you. I think I've had a great, I've had a great, uh, educational career, you know, mm-hmm. um, not having finished your, your undergrad and then finishing an undergrad, doing a postgrad. Um, and I think, I think now it's going to be time for, for my, for, for my MBA. I, I, I think I've, I've fallen in love with education again. Mm. Um, yeah. And then I was, I mean, we, we, I just came back, I'm not sure if it last year, we just came back from an amazing trip with um, the wholesale and retail sales chosen as, part of 60 individuals um, who are very, very high potential in the wholesale, wholesale and retail space. And we did two immersions, one in, uh, three immersions, one in Ghana, one in India, and one in the US. And what I saw in India um, in terms of just the levels of education, um, how hard they work, um, you know, people coming from abject poverty and making something amazing of themselves mm. is not intrinsic to just Africa. Um, but I, I feel a, a great sense of responsibility, you know, especially working in corporate South Africa to, to talk about the value of education, but also um, to coach and mentor. So I, I, I see myself in the future probably doing some sort of coaching and mentoring um, um, for, for young executives. It's not a space that I'm actively involved in, but I, I see that coming. And then, and then you know, I don't know, career-wise, greater and better things, I guess. Um, yeah. I'm South African through and through, so I don't think I'm, I'm probably going to 
make my way out of South Africa. But um, who I look knows? forward to what the who knows. But I, I, I <laughs> the whole, um, yeah. Okay, that's incredible. And how can our listeners um, just um, get in touch with you or follow your journey? Um, I, I, I've got a very, very, uh, haphazard and crazy Instagram page. It's probably <laughs> the realest I not curated content at all. Um, I'm not an influencer, so I don't feel the need to, to curate my content. Um, you can follow my life journey there. Um, I, you know, I, I sometimes share some interesting articles on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah. And 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 I think I think the, the the talking space is probably something I'll move a little bit more into. Um, when I spoke to a colleague, they were like, "Your story is too amazing for you not to tell tell your story." So, yes, I agree, one hundred percent. So, <laughs> so maybe I'll I'll tell I'll tell the story a, a few more times. We but, need you, Kavoto. Like as like, we need you and your story as young people. Nah, you'll, you'll, I think, I think you'll, you'll get a little bit more. Of <laughs> it's, 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 I think it's time. I, I, I also think it's time that I yeah. adventure out into, into that too. But yeah, I'm, I'm active on social media. Um, and it would be great for, um, to, to, to connect with anyone who would like to. I've tried to answer DMs as mm. much as I can. Um, and yeah. Oh, thank you so, so much. This has been amazing. Your story is amazing um, and very inspirational. Like, it just makes me feel like we can do anything. No, we anything. can do anything. We can. Anything. Yes. We can do anything. And we shouldn't be scared. We shouldn't mm. be scared to speak up. We shouldn't be scared to say, to say how we feel. You know, we, we shouldn't be scared. And we should, be, we should remain calm. Because that's our most productive. That's yeah. when we are at. That's when we are at our most productive. Mm, mm. Ah, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for, for giving us your story and your time. Yeah, I, I wish you all the best, and um, I think you're doing an amazing, amazing job. Um, and I, I hope to cross paths with you again sometime. Yes, when all of this is over. <laughs> <laughs> When all of this is over, and yeah, I wish you all the best in your career and in this. I think you've you've got a you've you've created a great space for yourself and and for many women that that will listen to this. You in a, you are an inspiration to me. Thank you. <laughs> I get like sharing people. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. As always, we love to engage with all of you, so feel free to pop us an email if you have any feedback or guest recommendations on info at shebrigade.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, so don't forget to tag us on your posts at SheBrigade. See you next week.